Welcome to the Fancy Sports Cave. This is Sports Guy David here with Coach Steven Zesma. How are you doing, Steven? Uh, you know, I'm good, man. Still kind of recovering, still emotionally reeling. Um, I'm doing great. Um, before we get into this Colts slash Texas podcast, let's talk about some um, free agent signings um, that I think is definitely notable to talk about. Jason Verrett, my boy, mm-hmm. signed one year um, contract to the 49ers. Now, what do you feel about that? You think he's too injury prone or you think what, what what's your um, take on that? Well, you, still, you definitely got to factor in the, uh, the injury thing, right? But I mean, at the end of the day, he's a prime talent, and they're gathering a lot of it over there in San Francisco right now. D. Ford joined that defense, Quan Alexander. I mean, yeah, it, it's a big if, right? Whether or not everyone there can stay healthy, but if they do, they certainly have enough firepower right now. Right now, it seems like. Yeah, I definitely like that. I'm definitely gonna grab that jersey. Hopefully, he stays number twenty-two. He, I'm, I'm just a fan from him from when I, when I first seen him. So, great move from 49ers. What about Haha Clinton Dix and the rival? Um, Packers or no rival um my bad rival bears to face the Packers twice a year. That's gonna be interesting, right? Yeah, we got a couple we got we have a couple storylines like that, right? Um both the Landon Collins over there in the Giants, Adrian Amos uh making his way to the Bears, and now we have Haha Clinton Dix who went from the, the pack to the skins and now he's over here with uh you said the Bears? Um yeah, the Bears. Yeah, Clinton Dix, yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be some good TV. Uh, I can't wait to see that, especially because you know the Bears and the Packers are gonna play at least once, at least once a year on Sunday Night Football, if not twice. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to those matchups. Awesome, and, and you guys stay tuned for next week. We're gonna do our our free agent frenzy day two, and we're gonna break down every single one. Most of them, we'll try to get in within an hour on a live stream. So that's gonna be very interesting. Yes, sir. All right, so let's knock this out. Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. I'll let you go first. Texans, what was their overall summary last year? Yeah, you know, the Texans, I'm going to give them a good grade. I'm going to give them a B flat just because of expectation going into the season. This is a team that hadn't been very successful as of late. Deshaun Watson showed a lot of promise last year before going down, including a, including a shootout with Russell Wilson. Honestly, it was probably the most notable uh, performance from his 2017 campaign. But this is a team that finished 11-5, division winning. Um, AFC South champions, the Houston Texans. Um, the, the biggest knock that doesn't let me give them a better grade or makes me feel like I shouldn't even give them this grade in the first place is the fact that they lost another home playoff game. And this, te- this is a team that has consistently gotten to this point over time, but with quarterbacks like, with quarterbacks such as Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, TJ Yates, Ryan Mallett, they simply haven't been able, able to get over the hump. The one and only constant, not the one and only constant, but at least the one and only constant on offense and uh, DeAndre Hopkins has proven to be an absolute stud through it all, despite the quarterback. Um, they were able to they were able to conquer mediocre offensive line play through just an elite front seven led by J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. Um, they were able to put together um, the secondary with a bunch of really Swiss Army knife type defensive backs, and it led to a top seven performance on defense last season. But all but in the end. The uh, mediocre offensive line is what really dug them the hole they couldn't get out of in the postseason, uh, thus ending another run in the first round at home. So I'm going to go with a 83 to 85 grade for the Houston Texans just based off of expectation. But you know, let's talk a little bit about the team that they lost to in that first round, the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, the Colts. Well, first I want to touch on the Houston Texans. Okay. The Houston Texans 
I will agree with that B. I'll give him a B minus. That offensive line was so bad. It was just so bad. I think that's one of the things they need to touch on. Once they get an offensive line, um, imagine Deshaun Watson with a lot of uh, a lot of one time, two room to throw. That's what the Colts did to Andrew Luck. They gave him protection and he balled out. Andrew Luck and the Colts finished ten and six. Um, losing the AFC um, divisional round versus the powerhouse Chiefs, they just looked flat. Twenty down twenty four seven before halftime, pretty much ended the season in an unfulfilling way. Besides that, the grade I'm gonna give is a solid A, even though finishing ten and six. They had the um, mostly because Andrew Luck had the best season since 2015, coming back from a uh, uh, not playing one game in 2017. Yeah, I give this man the comeback um, player of the year. It was well deserved, and the Colts. Um, can tune up a couple things on both sides. They could really make an impact in the AFC. They're really, really underrated. They're really underrated going into the playoffs to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if they they made a couple moves, we'll talk. I'll talk a little bit later. But if they make the right moves, they could be a real, real danger in the AFC West or AFC South and AFC altogether. Mm-hmm. But the biggest question for the Texans, I think I mentioned earlier. But what do you think is the biggest question circling? Well, it's got to start with the offensive line, and after the offensive line, it's got to go into the secondary. After losing Tyron Matthew, you know, a young stud, 26 years old, top 10 in his position, and also losing Kareem Jackson, who I think is one of the most underrated defensive backs in the league. He had a great season last year, a top 15 rating as far as uh, nickel corners are concerned. But he did more than that. He played outside. He played inside the slot when the receiver was uh, physically matched. uh, He could match up physically with that receiver. He played both safety positions as well. That's someone, even if, the, even if the talent isn't elite, someone that could do that for you is very valuable. So losing out on these two players is a big deal. You still got Jonathan Joseph, veteran cornerback there, still a B-plus rating um, type of guy. But, uh, yeah, the, the offensive line and the secondary has got to has got to be there. The secondary, you can kind of mask, as we know, you can kind of mask the issues in the secondary with an elite front seven, and they absolutely do have that with J.J. Watt and Jadavion Clowney. Uh, but right now, it's got to be the offensive line and that secondary after what you've lost. Um, but yeah, uh, I know the Colts don't exactly have the same problem. So what is it they? Uh, what is it they have to be focused on this offseason? Um, the biggest question that I pose to them is, um, what did what did they're missing? They're missing something to be legit contenders. Like they're missing a couple pieces, and um, another um, one of the pieces is a weapon. They need a a real good weapon, downfield weapon. T.Y. Hilton gets the job done, but um, and Eric Ebron does too. But they need, um, they need to be a little bit more versatile with that. So a few ways to solve it is, like I said, find another weapon or to uh, beef up that defense. And um, that defense is really good, but it definitely needs to defend those Chiefs, Chargers, and Pats of the AFC. So, but with the, like I said, they did get a weapon, which I really like this one. I, I think he's really gonna shine. Maybe even have career highs. And wide receiver Devin Funches. Um Ooh. from the Panthers. He signed he signed a contract with the with the Colts and he just looks happy, man. I know every every guy looks happy signing on a new team, but this dude looks happy. He got an arm, a reliable arm. You know, Cam Newton only went down, they had to go to the backup. You know, he was never the big target last year, he was third on the team in receiving, like behind um, yeah, third third of the team receiving on the Panthers. Now, if you have T.Y. Hilton as speedster on the outside. And you got Devin Funchess on the other side and an Eric Ebron in the middle. And those two backs you have, it's it's game over. I think 
Um, I'm going to talk about him a little later, but I think it's that's a great signing. And they re-signed Pierre Desire. Uh, Desire? Desire? Oh, the um, corner. The, the yeah, the guy. corner. He was yeah. actually um, – a lot of, A lot of teams were looking at him. Um, he was making um, – he was looking for a big contract, and they, they re-signed him, which I also think is a great signing. So those two guys, I think, are the, the first two steps to making this team an, a legit contender. So speaking of free agency – have the Texans made any big moves? I haven't heard anything really from the Texans. Yeah, they've, they've made some attempt to replenish the secondary following their losses. Uh, what they did immediately, and I'm talking like less than 12 hours after losing Tyron Matthews, they signed Tayshawn Gibson, formerly of the Jacksonville, oh, yeah. formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, not a Pro Bowl player, but still someone who started a majority of the games for the Jaguars over the last two seasons, 28 years old. Played 48 games, six picks, 16 pass breakups during that time alongside. Um, Gibson, they're going to try and pair him along with a third-round draft choice from last year in Justin Reed with rookie Andre Hall, or excuse me, with last year's rookie as well, Andre Hall, expected to add depth to that position. They also picked up Bradley Roby from the Denver Broncos. They signed him to a one-year proven deal worth up to $10 million based on his performance. Him alongside Jonathan Joseph are going to be the two main outside corners with Kevin Johnson and veteran, um, unfortunately, somewhat mediocre player Aaron Calvin um, playing more of the nickel-dime um, position. But um, so very many veteran presence. They got a lot of veteran presence here on the defensive backs, but they're aging. Jonathan Joseph's got two years left in the league tops, and only two years left as far as elite play is concerned. He's regressed as of late. Um, Bradley Roby is obviously on a one-year prove-it deal because he's around the age of 30 as well. Tayshawn Gibson, a little younger at 28 years old, still probably has three to four good years left. But this this defense is going to have to find a way to get younger eventually. J.J. Watt. I mean, J.J. Watt's creeping up on 31 as well. So this defense, the window for this defense isn't going to be open for, the, for another four years. So the Texans really need to figure out how to get this offensive line together. And when you add in the fact that they lack, they have zero picks within the first 40, um, something's going to need to be done eventually. But those are some of the moves they've, they've uh, taken in, um, in free agency to beef up the secondary. Uh, what have we heard from the Colts? I, I, I know you mentioned they re-signed that defensive back. That's a solid sign right there. There is a talent. Uh, yeah, hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, no, I'm here. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going to talk about them a little bit. That's the only two signings they made so far. So... Not too much noise in the free agency, but a little bit more than some. But David Funches, let me talk about this guy. Um, he was drafted 41 overall out of Michigan. Um, he played 14 games, catching 44 balls, 549 yards, averaging 12.5 yards per carry, and four touchdowns, which third on the team, like I said. With a better arm and luck, Funches, their career in highs, reception, yards, touchdowns. I'm telling you everything. He's going to be the number two or three guy behind T.Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron. Um, so I just want to touch on that a little bit more. That dude, just he's a big body guy. I think he's really going to make an impact. He no, kept his true. number 17, so I think he's happy about that. But um, and like I said about Desir, three-year, $22 million contract. Um, Desir playing all 16 games, starting 12 for the first time in his career, penciled in a career high in tackles of 79, passed deflections with eight, and two forced fumbles. He also had an interception. So that guy is still pretty young as well. So I think they could really both make an impact, like I said. But um, available free agents that they should target is Brashard Breland from the Green Bay Packers and Benny 
Ben Ricky. I think those two guys, they definitely need beef up that secondary. So let me talk about Breland. Breland was one of the youngest in, in the free agent pool right now at 27. There's not a lot of young studs in the free agent pool right now. So 27 is young right now. He was drafted 104th overall from the Redskins out of Clemson. He started 63 out of his 67 games he played. He only played seven games last season, recording 20 tackles, but he did get two interceptions in those games. A great fit for that Colts team could help the 16th ranked pass the which allowed 237.6 passing yards per game. And like I said, Ben, ben, ben Ricky was all over the league last year to the Cardinals and then um, to the Raiders. Before that, he was with the Redskins. But he played um, most of his, his games um, with the with the Arizona Cardinals and the rest with the Raiders. He totaled up 54 tackles, a half a sack, one forced fumble, and an interception. Look, these guys are both both 27, and I think you could probably find them for not too much money. Been been working um, a little bit on the lower end because due to some injuries, he only played seven games. But I think both those guys should definitely get a look at at least, or even get a visit because they definitely need to beef up that secondary. They got the linebacker down with with defensive rookie of the year Leonard, and that front seven is pretty good or is pretty good too. You got to get that secondary going. These these teams are piling up wide receivers. You got to have some guys to defend your end zone downfield. So absolutely, absolutely. Is there any uh, free agents that the the Texans should target? Yeah, you know, absolutely. You know, offensive line, as we said, is very dry uh, in this free agent class. And uh, I kind of mixed up my notes here. The Texans are not the team that were, are without a first and a second round pick. Um, so because of that. Well, I'd like to see them address in the draft. I'd like to see him go tackle. I mean, left tackle is the most important position on the offensive line. It's your quarterback's blind side, especially when you got a guy like Deshaun Watson and you're trying to preserve him for the future. Um, I'd like to see him go after one of two people, either Andre Dillard out of Washington State or Greg Little out of Mississippi. Andre Dillard rated as the best offensive tackle out of the Pac-12, and Greg Little rated as the fourth best tackle out of Mississippi. All things considered, it's a pretty impressive rating when you're talking about the best conference in college football and the fact that Alabama owns two of the first three uh, as far as best tackles are concerned. Um, you mentioned it multiple times leading into the postseason that they had tw- that they averaged that were 26 in the league as far as uh, pass protection for their quarterback. That's got to change. The common denominator that you see amongst playoff teams um, right now, Dallas, um, let me see here. Dallas, St. Louis, New Orleans, um, the eventual champs, the, the Patriots, everyone rated in the top 10 as far as pass protection. Um, the Texans, along with one other team, were the only ones that were not ranked in that category going into the postseason. So that's something that's got to change. And, um, of course, as I, as I semi-alluded to before, the secondary is getting old. But um, with, the, with, the, with the signings they've made in free agency, I'm not exactly sure that they'll address it in the draft. If they do, if they do, however, someone that I've mentioned before, Rocky Sin, a cornerback out of Temple, is someone I would love to see. He has led the conference in pass breakups and picks over the past two seasons, as well as Julian Love, a cornerback out of Notre Dame. He hasn't had the same rankings in his conference, a much more competitive one, that is. But he's been the number one cornerback at Notre Dame over the past three se- no, excuse me, over the past two seasons now. Um, he's a big physical receiver, has to deal with a lot of big, likewise, receivers in that conference. Um, he's got 36 games under his belt now at this point, not at 36 career games, not as a starter, but experience, 
big-bodied, well-coached. You see a lot of good corners come out of that school. So that's a little bit of what I would like to see the Texans address in that draft. And if they were to miss on offensive tackle in the first round, another highly recruited tackle out of West Virginia would be Yandy Jones. Um, they're starting right tackle. Uh, look for him if the Texans were to, were to completely miss on tackle in the first round. Yeah, tackle, offensive line. I think they should spend their whole draft on the line. Get as much <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Get as much guys as you can and plug in there because that offensive line, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, they had the most sacks allowed with 50-plus to Deshaun Watson. And <clears> – excuse <throat> me. And Andrew Luck had 40-plus in 2016. He sat out 2017. He had less than 20 this year. I remember 13, I believe, by week 17, sacks allowed. And look what happened. So Deshaun Watson's having a good year. Imagine him with a protected pocket. It's game uh-huh. over, and especially with Hopkins on the outside. That guy could catch it. You throw a ball to him, you catch him. He's, I think he's – I don't want to say this too much. I don't, I don't say this lightly, I should say. He's looking like Calvin Johnson. This dude catches everything that throws to him. Future Hall of Famer, he got the tiptoe, he got the he got the Randy Moss. This guy, I think he's one of the best receivers in the league. He's really underrated too. Not a lot of people talk about him. Deshaun Watson and Hopkins, they they need to get that going. You guys keep them healthy. Offensive line is so important. People don't think it's important to you know pay those guys. Those guys protect your future in quarterback, one of the most important positions on the team. I've stressed this like every single podcast when it came to fantasy, when it came to talking to the Texans every week. You got to get the offensive line. So I think they should spend a lot of time and a lot of time and draft picks on offensive line. Sorry, mm-hmm. do a little rant, but that's they have to. They just have to. <laughs> but um, no, I agree. So the Colts, um, they they got pretty good draft picks. Well, the first three, they got twenty six in the round one, thirty four and fifty nine in the second round. Thirty four is the second in the second round, and and fifty nine is number twenty seventh in the second round. So. A lot of Allen, what I like to do when I, when I look, when it comes to this portion, I look at the NFL analysts and see what they think, and I put my own spin on it. And I'm like, you know what, that's probably true, but let me see. So a lot say Dexter Lawrence out of Clemson. That's a, that's a great pick right there. If he slips to 26, or DK Metcalf, I preach about this guy. I told everybody about this guy. This guy... I give him the nickname of Donkey Kong because this guy's going to rule everything when it comes in the draft. He's going to be rookie of the year. I'm telling you right now, this guy, whoever team he gets to, if the right team, this guy is big body. I already talk about him a lot, but I don't think he's going to slip to 26. Well, if I was a, if I was a GM that needed a wide receiver, I know damn well he's not 26. I know 25 teams need a wide re- I know at least 10 of those 25 teams before the Colts need a wide receiver. So I don't think DK Metcalf is going to slip. If he does, that's a steal. That's a no. That's a no-brainer. Get him. But Dexter, I see this guy's film. He pushes the pocket so much. This dude is three hundred and forty-two pounds. He ran a five point zero five forty. This guy is a big boy. Still twenty-one. He's younger than me. He's big boy, just powering through offensive lines, both in the pass, um, in the pocket, passing pocket. And also clogging up some rush lanes. This guy just rushes through nose guards and, and, and clogs up the lane, and the running back can't get nowhere. So if Dexter Lawrence is there at 26, I'll definitely take a look at him. DK Metcalf, like I said, that's a no-brainer. If not, you can look at some more safeties, corners. It all depends where, where, um, where they got left. But those three, those three picks are really, really looking nice because the one after 59 is 89. That's their next one. 
And then um, they have 129, 137, 164, 199, and 240. They have two fours in a fifth, sixth, and seventh. But Dexter Lawrence from Clemson. That's a big boy. I, li- I like that guy. That guy just is so powerful. And he's only going to get stronger. This dude's only 21. He's just going to get stronger right. and faster <clears throat> as he pro- progresses in the league. And with that, that, that front seven already looking great. Once you get a secondary down, it's over. So I think the Colts, they make these right moves. It's going to be game over for a lot. for the AFC South. I think the AFC South is theirs. That's just one. Two, I don't. The Texans got. I think the Texans got a little lucky this year with the soft. They had a really soft schedule, but you get what you get. You know, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna put them down for that. But no, of course, of course. And I it, think. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go on. I think that's the right, I think that's the right pick, man. I think you gotta invest in, um, invest in your front seven. I couldn't really name you their best pass rusher in, in Indianapolis right now, and you have got plenty of weapons. You just signed a big body receiver, David Funches. You got T. Y. Hilton, who of course one of the best talents in the league at wide receiver. I would love to see DJ DK Metcalf though with Andrew Luck. I mean, can you imagine that offense? Eric Ebron, T. Y. Hilton, Devin Funches. It's like Marlon Mack. It's already sounding great on paper as it is, but you add someone like that, it could be it could be incredible. But yeah, I think uh, defensive line, specifically front, yeah, front seven is definitely the way to go for those guys. Seems like the move. Speaking of big players that can make big plays for the team and big plays for us for fantasy, who is your – I well, we already kind of know fantasy-wise, but is there any other sleepers? Well, you could talk about the ones that will do work, but is there any ones that we should keep their eye on this coming next year? No, of course. I think someone who is vastly underrated and uh, is probably going to be getting drafted right around. I'm seeing him get picked up in round 15 right now. And while I'm not exactly telling you to go pick him up in round four, I'm telling you he needs to be drafted a few rounds higher. And that's Demarius Thomas. I know. I know. Production has dropped off a cliff these past two seasons. But this is an accomplished receiver, a big body receiver who's me playing opposite DeAndre Hopkins. Defenses. For instance, when they play the Pats, the Pats, what do they do? They take away your best weapon. The best weapon on this offense is DeAndre Hopkins by a mile. There's no question about that. De- so De- Demarius Thomas is going to be a majority of the time beating single coverage, beating the, we'll say the off-ball coverage is the term I keep using um, on this podcast. Um, Demarius Thomas, he's not. He's probably not going to c- get you 1,000 yards receiving. He's probably not going to get you 10 touchdowns receiving. But he's an experienced big-body receiver who can still make plays, and he damn well sure needs to be drafted ahead of the 15th round, which is where he's being drafted as of right now. Now, one of the big knocks on him is that he cannot stay healthy, and I understand that. If, in the event that that comes on, take some fab and go out there and get Kiki QT. He's not, he's not, Kiki has not put together an entire good season yet because of the same thing, because of an injury history, but this man has got Golden Tate, Julian Edelman, Jarvis Landry, slot-type performance, but with more speed. And this man can stay healthy, and he was the number two option on this offense, as we saw very briefly last year. He can make some noise. So, the off-ball secondary receiver to DeAndre Hopkins is someone to definitely keep your eye on, especially because neither of them are being drafted inside the 15th round last year. Just to give you a little bit of uh, where the 15th round is, um, and who is being taken from there last year. I drafted Josh Dotson before the 15th round last year, so that should let you know what kind of bullshit is sitting over there at round 15. Um, Josh Dotson, if I didn't reiterate that, is shit. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, no, um, you know what You know what receiver I do like? If he stays healthy, Will Fuller. That mm-hmm. dude, 
That dude, what? I had him last year. Will Fuller? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you said my bad. He had seven touchdowns last year. He only played 10 games. Um, well, 2017, he had seven touchdowns with 10 games. Last year, he had four touchdowns playing only seven games. That dude always finds ways to get touchdowns. And I, I, got, I picked him up, got injured. I was like, ah, I, I got to drop this guy because he just stays injured. He tears something or geez, he's out for the remainder of the season. So I think he's also a good look at for the Texans because um, – yeah, I like I like Kenny Stills. He's a fast dude. He always gets he always gets touchdowns. He got seven in 2017. So, um, but back to the Colts. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the Colts, you got Andrew Luck. I'm seeing him top five, top five fantasy wide quarterback. Can Can you agree with me? The top five quarterback. Yeah. No. Definitely, okay. Definitely, I would. Yes, most definitely. And ever since the Colts surrounded Luck with a pocket to throw in, he's gonna ball out and get his and then get hit less. So it's a win-win. Luck finished the year throwing for seven yards short of 4,600, 39 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, averaging almost 300 yards a game, 287 yards per game, QBR of 98. He finished amongst um, fourth amongst of quarterbacks in fantasy with 341.92 fantasy football points, just behind Mahomes. Ryan and Roethlisberger. Now, that's a go-to. That that's obvious. That's an obvious pick. When you're looking at quarterbacks, I'll definitely I pick him over Roethlisberger this year, and definitely Matt Ryan. That's just me. I just I just really like Andrew Luck. I'm happy for him. He got that comeback of the player. He's gonna feel good this coming up season, especially if he got he got a new receiver. It's just gonna be that versatile. Marlon Mack, you mentioned a little bit earlier, is also a great option at running back, finishing twentieth. He finished 20th among running backs with 161.1 fantasy points. He rushed for 908 yards, nine touchdowns, averaging seven yards per per um, per game. And with that, I can see him going in the later rounds and use as a flex. Not your starter, but definitely a flex because of the split workload with Naheem Hines, which is also a great option when, um, when um, Marlon Mack is not getting the job done. But Eric Ebron, I definitely want to touch on this guy. This guy had... 11 touchdowns his career with Detroit. He signs one year with the Colts and he gets 13. This guy is a fucking monster. He's an end zone monster. He had career highs in receiving yards with 750. Um, he averaged 11 yards, 0.4 per catch. Um, this guy is just, he had um, how much reception? 66 receptions. This guy is just an end zone guy. I remember the Colts were one of the few teams that utilized tight ends as well, but that, they always they were always like that when Payne when Payne Manning was there. So Eric E. Brown, when you start looking at tight ends, Gronk, you don't want to look at that guy. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, Eric E. Brown. That's it right there. Eric E. Brown, I think he's still gonna get his catches. I don't care who's receiving functions, T.Y. Hilton, if they get DK Mancalf. That dude is a big body dude, and he's gonna get some receptions. He's gonna get some touchdowns. He's 6'4, 253. Agreed. Who's defending that? A linebacker? Nah, get the fuck out of here. You're out of your goddamn mind. He moves 13 like a touchdowns. Too. Huh? He moves like a receiver, too. He moves like a receiver. He's 6'4. Corners are not even that tall. They're 5'9. Get lucky, you get 6'2. No, that didn't happen. Quick Slansky's right there in the middle of the field. Right, you're at the two yard line. Boom. That's game over every time, unless you're the Seattle Seahawks uh-huh. and you throw an interception <laughs> in the Super Bowl. But yeah. Eric Ebron, I definitely think when you when you start looking at at tight ends, he's definitely definitely a must look at. Absolutely, you know. Did, did you mention George Kittle in that conversation? Oh, George. Yeah, okay, yeah, George Kittle. 
No, but yeah. I'll put I'll put George Kittle above Eric Ebron, but Eric Ebron is top five tight end yes. right now. No, I agree with you absolutely. I, I think he's honestly had this talent for a while. I just I just think he was mis uh, he was misutilized, underutilized in in Detroit. I think being with Andrew Luck, I think playing alongside a T.Y. Hilton, someone you always have to have bracket coverage on T.Y. Hilton. If you don't, well, you're probably going to get beat most of the time. And because of that, especially in the red zone, Eric Ebron feasted. We saw that. Now you add another red zone target in Devin Funches. This offense, oh, first of all, let me go back to Andrew Luck. We got to give Andrew Luck some credit here. As you said, comeback player of the year, I believe it is, you said. Or, yep. Yeah. I mean, come on. 4,600 yards, 39 touchdowns, 15 picks, as, you, as you're saying. Like, that's that's better than a lot of people. That's a better season than a lot of quarterbacks ever have. You know, I don't think Joe Flacco ever had a season like that. I, I don't think he's ever had a season that good so when it comes to efficiency, yards, touchdowns, everything. So, I mean, this man proves he's still got it. He's uh, slightly north of 30 years old now, but really he's like 28 because he missed like three seasons. So this Colts offense is one that could still be good for a while. you got some young pieces like Quentin Nelson, an absolute bull on that offensive line. Marlon Mack, obviously a young stud. Now you got Eric Ebron and Devin Funches. So there are some young core pieces of this team, and they should be able to be in playoff contention for at least the next two to three years, in my opinion. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, he was third among um, tight ends at 156.2 fancy um, fancy football points, and right behind him, I did I so I was right. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, and Eric Ebron. That was my exact list. Jared Cook is also he's still a free agent. That dude needs to get signed, too. I had him. Every time the Raiders scored, I was a Raider fan for three seconds. Every time Jared Cook scored because he balled out this year, too. But we'll talk about him a little later. But um, what are available free agents right now? Let's get into this a little bit. What are available free agents now that still haven't got signed that should get signed or you think are going to get signed and what team you think they're going to get signed to? Is there any ones that come to mind? Just in general? Not- in general, like any free agent. Well, they're still available. The two, the two driest pools right now um, would be offensive line and wide receiver. And um, yesterday, or over the past few days, I feel like we've seen some big splashes that we haven't really gotten a chance to uh, to elaborate on as of yet. Um, didn't the Chargers make a big signing yesterday? Chargers made a couple big signings in in Pro Bowl. I love this guy, Adrian Phillips. I told him mm. he got cut eight different times. Right, he was undrafted. Became a starter, became a pro bowler, became an all-pro. This guy, well, we, we got rid of uh, of Joseph Adai, and we got rid of Jason Verrett, so he's going to step up. I love that guy. And we also, um, Brandon Mabin, we signed, and Isaiah Rochelle, we Mabin, also signed too. Mabin is very underrated. I think that's a great sign on part of you guys. He Yeah, he's a very underrated. He, he missed a couple games due to the loss of his newborn daughter, I believe, so right. that that – you can't put him down for that. You know, he has to do what he has to do. Mm-hmm. He did come back. He missed a couple of games. He did come back for the first playoff game of the Chargers, or the second one, I believe, and right. he put in work. Isaiah Rochelle, that people didn't even know who a lot of people – a lot of people didn't even know who that is, and he, he stepped up. I, I kind of I, – I don't, I, I, I don't mean this in a mean way, but when players get injured, it's actually kind of a good thing for the reserves to step in, and you really get to see your talent because if your starters play – all the time, you're not going to know who's good on your reserves because they only get reserved amount of time. Mm-hmm. But if you, if Corlegian, he was out for suspension, we still haven't signed. Brandon Mabin missed some time. Isaiah Rochelle, Justin Jones on the Chargers, the rookie, filled in and they filled that spot. Not as much as I want them to, but they got some experience, which I definitely think was well needed. 
I like it, man. Yeah, a, 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 a good signing, or at least a, a notable signing, to talk about from uh, Big Blue across the across the across the country over there, um, would be Golden Tate. Uh, we picked up Golden Tate. Golden Tate, yes. Four years, uh, for four years, I believe it was thirty million dollars or so. Um, not a not the biggest fan of the signing, but Golden Tate still showed that he can ball last year. There was a drop off in production. But a lot of that is because you're being traded to a team midseason. You have no idea what the playbook is, and you're at best the fourth option when you get there. Eventually, you turned into the third option. But um, I think that's a good signing for the Giants. Um, still just 30 years old, still a few years of production left in him. I think we paid him way too much money. I think this is a bit of overcompensating for what just happened. But um, still, still a notable signing. Uh, he should have some room to run alongside Evan Ingram and stacked boxes against Saquon Barkley. But that offense is still and will be for a while missing that over-the-top presence, that downfield threat. We're just not going to have that, apparently. But um, it's now sounding like in the draft, the Giants are going to go ahead and grab the best available tackle out of Alabama, it sounds like right now, to pair him with Kevin Zeitler, Willie Hernandez, and Nate Soldier. So looks like they're trying to go at it with Eli Manning again, which means I'll be drinking a lot this season. And, um, yeah, that's a little bit of what's going on in Big Blue in Los Angeles, people. Yeah, that that I heard reports that they're not even looking at Haskins anymore. That they are looking for they they they're sticking with Eli. And um, I want to quote who said this. Um, really cool on um Instagram page. You guys should follow. I mean, he he this guy is up to date on his shit. His name is at Pro Football Chase at Instagram. This guy posts all the latest news and everything about free agents. I don't know how he gets the information he does, and he, he lets everyone know. They're not even looking at Haskins at number six. Like you said, they're looking for tackle, and I definitely think they should get wide receiver next. DK Metcalf is in the um, conversation, and um, Mm -hmm. that Alabama receiver, Brown, is also in the conversation too. Right. So, I mean, I – I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like Eli Manning. I know you don't either. I mean, you probably did, but right now it's not. I don't. Oh no! Maybe they're milking it. Maybe maybe they're milking him and see what they can get as much out of him. You guys are still in the rebuild, so we'll kind of like milk him, milk him, and then like, okay, all right, you need to retire. We'll hope for a quarterback. Then I don't know. This kind yeah. of it's kind of pushing it. I think it's but, one of two things. I think that um, I think we're either going to. I've heard a lot of reports of that the fact that they have interest in uh, Jones out of Duke. Um, who's projected to go at the back of the first round. Because we have two seconds, we have three thirds. I'm hearing a lot of trading up for him there. I'm hearing grab the best tackle in the draft, address the offensive line. If DK Metcalf falls to 17, he's projected to go just outside and right or right at the back end of the top 10 right now. If he falls to 17, grab him. If not, best, best available pass rusher or trade down for Locke Jones in that crowd right there. I, they, they seem to have their hearts pretty set right now on addressing the front seven or the offensive line, which honestly, if you want to win, I think that's the call. There's no use bringing in a great quarterback if you can't protect him. We've made some good moves. Hernandez is promising. Soldier's too old. Zeitler's obviously elite. So if we get the best tackle in the draft, that's a good start as far as protecting him. Um, And then shit, if you can grab DK Metcalf, yeah, I don't think Eli's the guy to get us to the playoffs. Like you said, yeah, I love him back in the day. How could I not? He got us two rings. But at the end of the day, if you can't, bring a quarterback into a favorable situation he's just he's not going to thrive but you know look at look at um look at david carr Derek's older brother one of the one of the best rated quarterbacks to come out of the draft since peyton manning he came out and got the shit kicked out of him for two years and he was never the same promising career down the drain so 
if you don't have protection and weapons ready to go for your for your new guy, not everyone is a Carson Wentz and that can just come in there and like just absolutely ball out. Or who's another uh, who's another quarterback that's just come in and uh, despite a terrible roster is coming and absolutely balled out in recent memory? I guess we've seen. Uh, I guess we kind of saw that from a uh, from uh, Mitch to an extent. But although they have yeah more weapons Mitch. nowadays. But what, what I'm saying is I'm not. I wouldn't be upset about it if you want to go out there because we're not going to win this year anyway. So if you want to start putting some pieces around there, get ready for next season where there's going to be m- many more good quarterbacks. We've got Justin Herbert coming out of Oregon. We have the national championship winning quarterback, Lawrence out of Clemson coming out as well. So I don't hate it. I, I don't hate it. But, you know, that's that's me being optimistic and trying not to drink this early in the day. <laughs> yeah, great analysis from both the Chargers and Giants. I'm telling you, next next week is going to be popping. We got There's so much players we did not get to cover we can't fit a hundred thousand players in one hour. So next next week is gonna be interesting. We're gonna talk about the Ford trade, mm. what that does, the more receivers. We touched on the receivers last week, but we could go more in depth on that. The linebackers, the linebackers, the, the, the Packers alone. I want to talk about the Packers so bad. And we're gonna talk about all that next week on live stream. Where can they find you, Steven, on social media? Yo, guys, as always, you can find me at Coach Steven Zesma on Instagram and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the MMA podcast with me and my man Alex Fernandez, usually on Thursdays. Uh, tune in to the ESPN Plus fights tonight, Masvidal versus Till. Either tonight or tomorrow, me and Alex Fernandez will be out with the post-fight recap. Awesome. Well, there you go. You like MMA? Go check them out. Those Alex and Steven get pretty buckwild on there. Pretty, pretty entertaining to see. So if you want to follow me, on the social, any social media, Twitter and Instagram is Sports Guy David at Sports Guy David. That's me. If you want to follow any of us on um, social media, it's Fancy Sports Cave. We got some dope photographers. We got LFFC. We got baseball coming up, basketball playoffs. It's going to be crazy. Social media, Fancy Sports Cave, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Apple News, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever you got, we have it. So next week, like I said, tune in. We're going to do Fit. Free Agent Frenzy, day two, and we're going to get buck wild with it. We're going to get pretty crazy. You better watch out for that. Who knows what's going to happen. So, there you have it. That's Steven, and I'm Sports Guy David. I'm out.